you have a garden and a flower doesn't grow the way you want it to grow, you don't blame the flower. You change the environment around it. And I think children are like that too. Happy New Year, Titan family, and welcome to season two of Fram and Friends. Last season, we interviewed a student, an alumnus, and a staff member in our first handful of episodes. But today, we're interviewing someone who has played or plays all of those roles, student, alumni, staff member, and so much more in his relatively short Titan tenure. Here to introduce him and kick off season two of Fram and Friends is your host and president, Fram Vergy. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Great to be back. Happy New Year to you all. I hope you all had a blessed and uh, restful time and uh, are excited to get started with the new year. I know I am. Um, I'm especially excited to be sitting here with my friend, uh, Mir, who uh, is everything that uh, uh, Matt explained. He is uh, a titan start to finish. Uh, I know know you're off at... uh, Long Beach State with those dirt bags. We will we, for your graduate program. We will not hold that against you. I promise you. Uh, but I know you're a titan in your heart. Absolutely. So, uh, Mir, a lot of people don't know you um, as they're sitting down to listen to this um, podcast. And I'm hoping by the time they're we're done, they'll know you better, but also know your story and be inspired. Uh, but why don't you just start? Uh, I'm sure you're asked to do this too often, but I'll ask you to do it one more time. Uh, with a, a little bit about your story, uh, uh, which is a story of perseverance, of tenacity, of of uh, uh, redemption, I think, uh, as well, a story of grit. Um, uh, share with uh, 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 folks that are listening um, how you got to where you are today. Wow. Um, well, Matt, Fran, thank you for having me here. Uh, it's it's an absolute honor. Um I I don't really know where to start, so I'll just kind of give you the condensed version. But I was born in Afghanistan um, during the war uh, we had with the Soviet Union. Um, I immigrated here to the United States at uh, at the age of one. We settled in New York City, and um, for the most part, you know, I had a pretty happy childhood. Um, I as as a child, I unfortunately contracted polio, which left me um, uh, having to use a wheelchair to get around. But I've never really let my disability hold me back from anything that I wanted to do in life. Um, growing up in New York was was amazing. I got involved in a lot of sports and uh, adapted sports, you know, played wheelchair baseball, uh, bowling, football, hockey, you name it. And um, for the most part, I, I'd have to say I had a really good a really good childhood. Um, at 16, we, my family decided to uh, move out here to California, to Orange County, uh, to be closer to some family members. And, you know, at, at 16, I, 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 I didn't take uh, to the move too well. You know, at, at 16, your friends and your family are your world. And so when my dad decided to move, to relocate us to California, um, without consulting us, without letting us know what was going on, um, I, I I didn't take to it too well. And unfortunately, um, when I started high school out here in Orange County, I fell in with the wrong crowd. Um, I sought acceptance where I didn't need to seek acceptance. And 
um, that kind of snowballed into another chapter of my life. Um, I did manage to graduate from high school with honors, and unfortunately, it wasn't enough um, at the age of 18 uh, due to my newfound company. Um, I, I got arrested. I um, had involvement with the criminal justice system, I guess you can say, and uh, I became incarcerated and just totally something new. I mean, uh, growing up, I wasn't a bad kid. I don't think I don't think there's such thing as a bad kid, to be honest with you. I think it's the environment the kids grow up in. Um, a good friend of mine, she used this analogy a couple of months ago, and I thought it was great. But she said that when you have a garden and a flower doesn't grow the way you want it to grow, you don't blame the flower. You change the environment around it. You give the flower more sunlight, more or less water, fertilizer, and you hope that flower flourishes. And I think children are like that, too. Um, when you know children do act up or they don't meet society's expectations, it's you can't blame the child. You have to blame the environment or what's going on around the child and change the environment accordingly. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I was sent to prison at 18 years old and I spent a significant amount of my life uh, behind bars. Um, I took it as a learning experience rather than fall deeper in, 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 into my predicament. I, I chose to use my time wisely and I read anything I could get my hands on and I try to stay afloat mentally, uh, psychologically, emotionally, physically, and not let my surroundings break me. Um, growing up, my father always emphasized education. So even while I was incarcerated, I try to immerse myself in education. And once I came home, um, I, I decided to pursue higher education as a tool to help me rise from the, the, the situation that I was in. So that's a, uh, you found your way as a result of that to Cal State Fullerton, which is our blessing. Uh, I want you to know that I feel that so much that uh, uh, you have added a dimension to Cal State Fullerton that it is irreplaceable. Without you, we would be less, and with you, we are so much more. Uh, you are. Uh, you came in as a Project Rebound scholar, or maybe not right away, but found Project Rebound, which is our uh, program for uh, helping formerly incarcerated students to thrive and succeed here at Cal State Fullerton. Um, but I want to know what you think higher education has to offer. Why is it such an important part of what you pursue and what you share? Because I've watched you share uh, your uh, passion for higher education with folks on campus and off, always encouraging and um, uh, pushing, nudging kids to make sure that they 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 think about that as uh, their future. Why is that? Absolutely. Um, I mean, y your words flatter me, Fram, because I feel that it's not Cal State Fullerton that benefits from me. I benefit from being here in this amazing uh, environment and on this magnificent campus. Um, 
higher education, I don't think we give it enough credit as far as it being a transformative experience. Higher education introduces you to new ways of thought. It teaches you tolerance. It teaches you to think outside of your comfort zone. And prior to me coming to Cal State Fullerton, I don't think I had a good understanding of what life was about. You know, life is, we, 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 you know, we all chase that mighty dollar, whether it's through seeking a degree, opening up a business, uh, pursuing a PhD. At the end of the day, it's because we, we want a better life for ourselves. But I think higher education also transforms the person from within. Um, definitely, I agree that higher education opens doors and provides opportunities. But I think it changes a person for the better. And I know the, the, the effect higher education had on me. And so I want to share that with the world. I want to share that with children and, and adults who may not have ever considered pursuing higher education. Spending, spending all those years incarcerated, you definitely encounter hopelessness, not within yourself, maybe within yourself, but not in my case. I don't think I ever reached a point of hopelessness, but you definitely encounter human beings who feel like there's nothing out there for them. And... Since getting connected with Project Rebound, I've had the opportunity to go back into the state prisons and the youth authority facilities, the juvenile facilities, and it's such a wonderful feeling to see that a person wants change or to see that the person you're speaking to can actually find himself or herself or themselves in higher education. Um, just recently, we visited um, a juvenile hall facility in Riverside um, for a college fair, and we actually hosted them here as well for a campus tour. And the kids have access to email at that facility, and they email me regularly and say, you know, Mir, I'm getting out. What do I need to do to get to college? I want to go. Um, not any other college, but Cal State Fullerton. You showed us what Cal State Fullerton was about, and we want to become we want to become Titans as well. And it's such a good feeling to know that this kid or this human being, had they never come here or come in contact with us, they'd probably go right back to the same thing they were doing prior to getting incarcerated. But now, their life is on a whole different trajectory. So it's 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 very very fulfilling. Um, you know, Romerilyn, uh, Ralston, Dr. Heiner, they'll tell you, I, I say it numerous times a day, I love my job. I love coming here to campus every day. I love interacting with students. It's an amazing, amazing feeling. Well, I really appreciate that you highlight for our listeners and for everyone that you talk to that uh, higher education is about so much more than uh, finding a good job. Uh, it's more about, more than economic prosperity. You know, uh, as a first-generation student, uh, my parents knew they wanted me to go to college, but they didn't know what they wanted, why they wanted me to go to college. They thought, okay, 
you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to make money, you're going to be financially secure. And it wasn't a, a quest for dollar, it was a quest for security for me and my future and my family. But higher education does so much more to transform you as an individual. It teaches you to collaborate uh, and embrace difference and uh, find meaning in life and uh, create a sense of civic engagement and giving back. And I love the fact that uh, you highlight that as an important part of what we do. You know, it, it is an understatement here to say that you have faced challenges in your life. Uh, uh, we ha- uh, we, uh, I have some uh, empathy for uh, watching, knowing what you've been through. My mom had polio when she was 15. Uh, they told her she would never walk again. They told her she would never have any children. Uh, she was in an iron lung for two and a half years until she was almost 18. So I grew up understanding uh, uh, difference in that way uh, and seeing how personal perseverance and uh, dedication to making change and making a difference can uh, alter oneself. So what are the cardinal principles that you sort of set for yourself? Or how do you measure the, the standards uh, for which you uh, judge whether you're moving to the place that you want to be in your life, uh, where you want to go with your life? Wow, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a deep question. Um, you know, I, as human beings, we have a tendency of comparing ourselves to others. And this is a tendency that I had for many, many years. I would say, you know, well, okay, I'm, you know, 25 years old. And I look at my 25-year-old cousin and, you know, he had just graduated from college and he put a down payment on a house, but here I am with nothing. And when, once you start comparing yourself to other human beings, it, it, it takes a uh, it takes a toll on you because it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And it's human nature. You know, I don't blame anybody for doing that. What I like to do is I compare myself to myself a year ago. So, you know, many times I, I think it can all be put in a nutshell and say, um, I count my blessings regularly. So, you know, sometimes I'll lay down and I'll say, okay, it's January 9th, 2020. Where was I January 9th, 2019? And when I start thinking about where I was and comparing it to where I am, it's it's very it it it, it, it brightens my heart because I tell myself, well, what connections, what friends have I made, what who who have I helped this past year? Um, Project Rebound it's a it's a really unique program in that we deal I shouldn't say deal but we encounter non-traditional students, but very non-traditional students. And so when a student comes through our office door, um, their their needs are very unique than the average student. And with my life's experiences, I'm in a, in a unique position to empathize with that person and say, look, let's sit down, let's Create a plan where you want to be a year from now, and let's work towards that plan. And every day I talk to, you know, four, five, six students on a daily basis minimum, and 
every day I can walk away from the office and say, you know what? I hope I was able to impact somebody's life today. And it's that's how I measure my own success based on other people's successes. If I know that a student came here not knowing where to go, how to go about getting into school, and knowing that that student just finished with a 3.5 GPA or got straight A's that semester, I feel good. I feel, I, I feel like I did my job. Um, it's, it sounds cheesy. It sounds very cheesy, but I'm one of those individuals who really, really enjoys student affairs, being in higher education. And I, I, I like to say I found my calling. I, I, I love what I do. And, uh, you know, that, that's how I measure my success is the success of others. So what you are describing uh, is a metamorphosis that I believe people that uh, begin to find higher education and the calling of just education generally, yeah. not just higher education, um, find. And that is uh, the joy and the fulfillment that comes from helping others to achieve uh, their dreams. Uh, it's what higher education is all about. Uh, and, and our campus is filled with people who do just that. Our faculty are incredible in, uh, I mean, their job is to share knowledge and prepare people to make this world a better place. Can you think of a better charter? I mean, it's just incredible. Um, our staff, our student affairs folks, but that's also true for everybody that works on this campus. Uh, our uh, our folks that take care of our gardens, our folks that feed us, uh, they're dedicated to making this a better place for us to thrive in. Um, you know, I, ha I was listening to a speaker last Saturday. Uh, we were in, in some uh, pre-celebrations and pre-preparation for MLK Day coming up um, and trying to think about uh, the legacy of Dr. King. And uh, one of the things he said was when he was a young man, his parents said to him, I want you to think about every decision that you make through the lens of will it do good. Ask yourself, as I am about to do this, what good will this do? For whom will, who, who will benefit for this? Who will do good? And I promise you that if you look at your decisions and your life through that lens, you will have a blessed life and you will bless others. And then he said something else, which I just, uh, it captivated me. He said, people wonder why you want to give yourself away. Uh, uh, if you have love in your heart and you give it away, uh, it, it, what are you getting in return? And he said, when you give away from your heart or your soul, you create space in your heart for more to be poured back in. And every time you give, you're poured into and your heart is filled a little bit more, and your heart gets bigger, and your capacity for love and compassion and joy and giving away, your, your reservoir to give to others is increased. And I thought, what a wonderful parable for life. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Couldn't agree with that more. It's a... Uh... You know, it's 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 been a it's been a magical experience here at Cal State Fullerton. I remember my first semester here. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I was lost. I was intimidated. I was lost. I I 
I, I was definitely searching for my space on this campus and I found it. I, I, I found it, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm home when I'm here. Um, all the way up from the president of the university, trickling down to the faculty and staff, you know, I, I'm always met with a smile. Um, just recently I was giving a, a, an incoming Titan a campus tour and this young man um, had been incarcerated s since 14 years of age, uh, had just finished a 17-year sentence and uh, he'll be starting here in a couple of weeks and he looked over at me and he said, Mir, why is everybody so nice on this campus? Everywhere I look, people are smiling at me and um, and, and I like to share this story with everybody because it really touched me. And I looked over at him and I said, it's not that everybody is smiling at you. It's a reflection of your own smile because he just couldn't stop smiling as, as I gave him this, as I gave him a tour of the campus. And I, I think that's what Cal State Fullerton reflects is that, you know, you put off these good vibes and good energy it gets reflected right back, right, right back onto you. Um, and Fram, you've, you've definitely created an atmosphere on this campus of, of warmth. You know, people are very proud uh, to call themselves Titans. Uh, I, I think uh, that is a, uh, a group effort. We all do that together because we, are, we believe in this place and believe in the community. I love that. Uh, it, uh, people ask me, what is my job as the president of a university? And, you know, I could go to, well, it's managing the budget and making sure that we get enough resources or we go out and we raise enough money or that we have the right academic programs uh, that our, 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 our students are prepared for the future. And all of those things are absolutely true and they're part of my job. But I think my biggest job is building community uh, for the future, because if we build it here, when our students leave and become alums and become citizens, they'll build it where they go. We need to give them the tools to build that community. Absolutely. So, Mir, if you uh, if you think about it, who are your who are your role models? Who are your heroes that you that you look to? Uh, maybe that you know, and maybe that you don't that uh, you say, uh, that inspires me, Those are the, that's, that's what I want to do, I want, that's who I want to be like. I don't mean that in a trite way, I mean that in a, um, uh, goals and objectives being set by seeing how others can achieve. Who are those people in your life? I, I would, it's, it's too many to count, to be honest with you. Um, from the moment I sat in a classroom, um, I was inspired by many, many different professors, uh, counselors, advisors. You know, to be able to say, I want to be like this person, I couldn't put it in, in I, I couldn't focus it on just one or even a few individuals. Um, my greatest fear is being misjudged. That's my greatest, greatest fear. Um, and when I sit in a classroom, I don't openly share my background right away. I feel like I shoot myself in the foot 
if, if when I do that. And so what I'll do is I'll build a, a relationship with my classmates, with the professor. And if the opportunity arises where I have to share a little bit about myself and I feel comfortable doing so, I will do so. So I try to time it right. But I can honestly say I have never met a staff or faculty member who I've shared my background with who has rejected me and said, oh, I didn't know that about you. Um, They've just said, wow, wow, I can't believe you've been through this, but yet here you are uh, sitting in class or um, here on campus. And so it's those individuals that really... um, I, I seek to be like them, to be accepting of individuals, regardless of what they've been through. Um, I don't know if I saw it on TV or I heard it on the radio, but, you know, there's this analogy of um, uh, a professor who takes a $20 bill, shows it to his classroom and crumbles it up and throws it on the ground and stomps on it, gets it all dirty and then holds it up to the class and says, who still wants this $20 bill? And everybody in the class raised their hand. And I think it's, it's, it, that, that can be likened to a human being. Regardless of what they've been through in life, they could have been beaten down to the ground, downtrodden, and put through the ringer. But it does not diminish their value in, in, in this world. And the professors in, 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 in my academic career who I had who I've had the pleasure of um, being instructed by or being taught by um, certainly made me feel like that $20 bill just because I had been through what I had been through not once did they make me feel like I was uh, not not valuable so it's 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 definitely um, it's, it's very empowering but it's it's also inspiring, and when when I when I talk to students and they share their backgrounds with me, um, you know I, I I try to make them feel like they hold a l- much more value than they think they hold because you don't know what their potential is. That's exactly uh, exactly right. Uh, uh, our every one of our students on campus has a, has their own story. Uh, some of them are more obvious than others. Um, there is a, a tendency for students that come to Cal State Fullerton uh, to be not sure whether they belong here or not. Uh, you know, 60% of our kids who come here are first in their family to go to college. Uh, most of our students come from uh, working class families, from underserved communities, uh, from uh, academic backgrounds that may not have prepared them as well as they could have been prepared. It has nothing to do with their capabilities, but they feel almost like imposters. I, I come across this all the time. They're not really sure they belong here. Um, some don't think they belong here because of um, the color of their skin or uh, their sexual orientation. Some don't feel like they belong here because they don't think they're smart enough uh, or they don't think that they are uh, strong enough, uh, yet they all do. Um, so mere 
I think there are some students out there, I hope there are some students out here who are listening to this show, uh, to this conversation, um, who might feel like imposters, like who might feel like uh, they're not sure they belong and they're worried of being found out, of, of being found out for being posers. Explain to them that that's not true, would you? Assure them yeah. that they belong here and, 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 and let them know if, as you said, you, you've done this, uh, and if you can, so can they. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I embody so many different identities. I'm a first-generation American. Um, I grew up as a Muslim. I'm Middle Eastern. I have a disability. I'm formally incarcerated. If anybody has experienced bouts of imposter syndrome, it's definitely me. Um, and what I'd like to tell all, all the people out there listening is that you have to find your own, you, you have to find a place in this world. And regardless of your experiences, your orientation, your immigration status, your nationality, your ethnicity, your beliefs, you have to understand that we need you. We need this variety. We need this, this multiculturalism on our campus and not just on our campus, but in our community, in our world. You know, how, how, how plain would our lives be if everybody looked like one another or everybody had the same life's experiences. When, when, whenever you have that feeling of not belonging or not feeling smart enough, you know, I tell people to look around them, look around them and don't focus on the differences, but focus on the similarities between you and your fellow your fellow titan your fellow man your fellow individual and that's that's how i found myself you know when i would see a staff or faculty member with a visible disability it would make me feel good to know wow here's somebody who found their space on this campus or when i would see a student uh with islamic head garb and i would say wow you know there's a connection with that person even though that person probably has never been incarcerated, has no visible disabilities, I found a connection with them. Um, you know, when I see you, I have a connection with you. You know, we, we, we're, we're both very passionate about higher education and bettering our, ourselves every day. And I, that's how I overcame my imposter syndrome is that I would look around me and rather than focus on those differences, try to make a connection with everybody that I see. And it really helped me overcome that. Yeah, you know, uh, we, hear, we, re, we refer that to that often, um, the approach that we have to diversity on our campus. Diversity is fine for diversity's sake, but that's all it is, is diversity, unless you approach it from a perspective of strength. A uh, strength-based perspective of diversity means that it makes us better, uh, that our goal is not to homogenize. Uh, uh, you're right. It would be um, boring, and um, uh, it would lack potential if we were all the same, had the same ideas and the same perspectives, and brought the same 
uh, tools to the table. But if we bring those different tools to the table, and I can tell you as someone who has uh, worked to improve diverse environments all over in every in business, the dynamics that come from that, it, it, it is a, uh, an asset more than anything else. Um, it always, I'm a, I've traveled a lot around the world. Uh, I've been very fortunate uh, to be able to do that. And it always strikes me that when you eat the food uh, around the world, um, how similar and yet how different it is. So uh, every culture has their own version of uh, some kind of a pocket food. Uh, uh, every culture has their version of whether it's chapatis or tortillas. Uh, every version has their version of bread. And yet, so they're all so much the same, and yet they're so different. And that, it, and it's the difference that makes them tasty. Uh, it's the spice of life that that difference of life that makes it, uh, it it makes life aromatic. It makes life sweet and enjoyable, and it gives us the opportunity to create new recipes together that we would never be able to create apart. And that's what I think uh, Cal State Fullerton is all about. If we can demonstrate that here. And if we can equip ourselves so that when we leave here to do that with others outside of uh, the institution, that's how the world grows and that's how the world becomes an even better place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. You got me hungry now. I know. It's true. (laughs) It's absolutely true. So... You said that one of the things that you do is, um, from time to time, stop and think about where you were last year or the year before and where you are now. Um, And that's uh, a way for you to judge uh, the progress you're making and to encourage yourself. So I want you to do the opposite. I want you to close your eyes and think about where do you see yourself in five years or ten years? Your beautiful daughters will be grown much more than they are now. Uh, You will be, uh, uh, what little hair we have together will be definitely gray, (laughs) right? But that's okay. Where do you you see yourself going? Where's life going from there? Wow. You know, people often ask me, you know, what's your ultimate goal? And... I've reached my goals. I, I'm, my goal was to be happy and be content. I'm very, very happy with my life where I am right now. Um, but who doesn't want to grow? Um, you know, of course, it's to, to, to strive for, for betterment is, is, is something that we all want and we all wish for. But five years from now, um, I'll be done with grad school, um, definitely entertaining PhD or EDD programs. Um, but emotionally, where do I hope to be? I hope to be able to be in a position where I can institute change and affect more people's lives. I, I want to help. I, I, I want to be in a position where... I can give the same opportunities 
to other individuals that were provided to me. I, I, I'm very, very fortunate um, to be given the opportunities that I've been given. And I want to extend that to other individuals because I'm not unique. I'm not special in any which way. There are thousands, tens of thousands of individuals like myself, like myself who just haven't been given the same opportunities as I have been. So I would love to be in a position where I can say, you know what, come on, we're, we're, we're going to give you a chance. And just extend that, extend that, that, that assistance to other individuals. I know that's very vague, but I, I just, I just feel that there's so much put, wasted potential out there that we overlook, and I definitely want to be able to tap into that potential and and give an avenue for other individuals to live out their dreams. So, Amir, uh, I wanted to ask you just because we weren't the first Project Rebound campus. I think it was founded at San Francisco State, but we are now the flagship in in many ways, and you've been a big part of that. So in a way, you're already on that journey. Um, How can we continue as an institution to build up Project Rebound and get better at what we're already doing really good things at and talk about some of the things we've done over the last year that makes us a flagship in Project Rebound? That's like asking, how do you improve upon a Lamborghini? Um, (laughs) You know, where... Other Project Rebounds are looking at us right now and they want to replicate our program. It's very hard to replicate a program when you're blessed to be in an environment like this. Um, You can't replicate environments. You can't replicate cultures. Um, Cal State Fullerton has, has welcomed us with open arms. And I think by allowing individuals like myself to come here and share my story and Project Rebound as a program, share it with our listeners, share it with individuals within our community, I, th- I, th- I think we're on the right track. We're doing it right. Um, you know, we, di- we didn't become a flagship program in three years by accident. I think everything we're doing is intentional. I think the promotion of higher education to end recidivism is 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 definitely the right direction, the the right way of thinking, and just having support, having support from the top all the way down to uh, the professors in the classrooms, um, is key. You know, our students need to be need to feel welcomed here. Every single one of them has felt welcomed here, and I think that's what other campuses need to focus on is um, not so much treat Project Rebound as uh, a Petri dish, but more of as a family member, a long-lost family member who's returning home. Um, There's always been formerly incarcerated students on our campuses, but it's unfortunate. Historically, they've been pushed to to, to the side or in the shadows, and Project Rebound really has given us an opportunity to say, you know what, no, we're here to stay, and we're titans just like everybody else. And this campus has done a wonderful job of, of fostering that environment. It really is, uh, the, the program really is a part of a family 
of program studies incredible, whether it's our Project Rebound Scholars or our Guardian Scholars for our foster youth or the President Scholars, our McNair Scholars, uh, our uh, uh, Scholars from our Male Success Initiative. Uh, we have so many steeples of excellence like that around our campus that are uh, flagships in and of themselves. And together, we ma it makes us so much stronger. That's the wonderful thing. Um, but I want to, I, I want to, you, everything you've said today, Mir, I've agreed with except one thing. You said, I'm not special. I knew that was it. <laughs> it bumped me too. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, uh, I, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I have a strong faith and I believe we are all special in God's eyes. Uh, but you are very, very special and we are very, very blessed to have you, um, to have you to to have you found your way here, uh, and decided to commit here to make things better here, uh, we could not do it without you. Project Rebound would not be what it is without you, but our campus wouldn't be what it is without you. Uh, you brighten lives every day. Uh, whether it's with your smile or your touch or your um, words. Uh, so uh, don't ever think that you're not special. I'm glad we're on the radio because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Fram. I appreciate, I appreciate your kind words, and thank you, Matt. Um, it's, 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 it's a blessing to be here. It's an honor to be here, and, you know, I'm, until you prove me wrong, I'm, I'm going to insist that there's nothing unique about me. Um, but I appreciate your words. Thank you. Well, if that keeps you going, you, you keep thinking that and you, and you know <laughs> the truth. But I want to, I just, uh, I don't want to belabor this, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for um, the commitment that you have uh, uh, to use your life as an allegory for what we can do uh, each of us, to make this world a better place. It's a pleasure, and I couldn't think of a better way to start the new year. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Fram and Friends, a collaboration between Titan Radio and Cal State Fullerton. For more episodes like the one you just heard, visit titanradio.org.